It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 5th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that uh, was hoping for another comeback there. They were looking pretty good in the third, but alas, it was not to be. I think this is the uh, the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. We'll get into that as well as what the Flyers should be doing with their last five games of the season, as well as your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube to send us those mailbag questions like we are answering today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. You can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, it was touch and go there, I think, for a little while in terms of Ronnie Adder's start. It was a little confusing because Rasmus Ristolainen was back, and so that says 11 forwards, 7D, but Bellows was skating in warm-ups, and so turned out he was a last-minute healthy scratch there, and it was the old 11-7, which was not what we had wanted in no. terms of where to position Ronnie Adder for this game. No, I mean, look, he, he got some power play time. You know, amazingly enough, with this new coach, the power play still stinks. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, so much for that. But Adder looked uh, step slow at times. The offensive part of his game is good. But he's he's having to use his stick a little too much because he can't keep up with the pace. That's that's really the story for Ronnie Adder. Like he he just has to get to that next level of speed. If he can't, he's going to have trouble making the Flyers next year. So that it'll be a, a big summer. I know the score was close, but this this script I'm really tired of. You know they don't do anything after two, yeah. and then they start coming back in the third. It's like it's just tiresome for me. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I think with good reason, because if you know they have the capability to have a strong offensive push like they did in the third, then why don't they do that earlier? And, you know, was it was it St. Louis letting up a little bit because they had such a, a solid lead? And so the Flyers had the opportunity to do it a little bit, I would say. But I don't think St. Louis was playing an exceptional game no. by any stretch of the imagination. So they were 0 for 3 on the power play, too. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that it was an impossible task for the Flyers to play like they did late in the third uh, earlier in the game. Uh, as far as Ronnie Adder goes, yeah, he had uh, 14 minutes, 30 seconds of playing time. Like you said, he did get a, a solid amount of power play time, a little bit of PK time, four shots on goal total. Two of them were on the power play. 
Um, I think that the slowness uh, a little bit was sort of went hand in hand with the physicality of his game where he got rocked a couple of times with hits, but then, you know, he laid one in on Braden Shen. Mm -hmm. So I felt like as the game went on, he was sort of getting that part of it a little bit better. Um, And so he just kind of has to get back up to NHL speed. Right. But I think that from an offensive standpoint, you're right. I think he did fine. Um, you know, he had one of the higher shot totals of the team uh, in the game. Uh, and defensively, he wasn't on the ice for a goal against. So I think that's all you can ask for a, a defenseman. But again, you know, having him in a more stable pairing would have been a better situation, I think. Yeah. And, you know, again, another flaw is you can't have Cam York at the point if he's not going to shoot. If he's just going to be this right. and- guy. And that's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand that. I was wondering if Adder was taking away the opportunities that Cam York would have taken those shots, but I still think York would have had the chance to take them based on where he was positioning. Yeah. He just didn't do it. And Mm -hmm. he's, you know, this has been a problem now with Cam York. Um, We're not really having so much of a problem with his defensive play. It's just his offensive play a little bit. He's always going to be a really good passer, but man, he's got to shoot the puck and he's not doing it. So that's a little disappointing. He didn't have a good game, even though he had an assist. Uh, You know, Morgan Frost got us another goal. That's good. I think he will get to the 20 point this year, 20 goals this year, and that's good. I think that'll be nice. But, you know, just like you said, a lot of guys just don't wake up until the the end here and – you know, that's that's the part that, that gets me. And like I said, this defense is going to mostly be intact next year. And they've got to figure out a way to play better. They do. I don't know, man. I think that it's, it is a concerning pattern. But uh, I do think, you know, with some of the guys that could potentially be making the team, um, uh, there is some hope there. So I, I just hope that you know, in terms of coaching that they can get the team to wake up a little bit sooner in in these games. Um, Having Rocky Thompson behind the bench this time around, again, seeing some similarities in the Flyers game. I don't know what kind of difference that made. Uh, The challenge on, yeah, the challenge on the offside was good, but anybody would have made that challenge having seen the replay once. Um, I'm not sure, you know, in terms of the matchups, that he put out there. I don't know that it made a difference or in either way. I think it was a pretty simple game to manage against a team like St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure that's a difference maker there. Um, it's interesting. I thought he waited a little. I was just going to say it was a slow start. Yeah. Another slow start. He waited a little longer than I thought to pull the goalie. Um, I think Torts would have pulled it a- earlier sure but i mean the slow start was like all right um i guess it doesn't matter who's coaching and and that's the point that's that's why torch should have just been behind the bench i I don't think there was anything to gain from this up in the press box or down below or wherever he watched the game from i don't think there was anything to gain from this honestly yeah uh one thing was interesting uh it wasn't brad shaw running the bench he was actually focusing i guess on his 
side of things and the power kill looked really good in the yeah. third and i was like oh that's the bradshaw coaching that we know and love that gets us those opportunities it's one part of the coaching that, that works here and then there's another part of the coaching that doesn't work and we we know this like whether the flyers come to grips with, with that or just let torts make this decision that's up to him but if they have the same group back next year i i have a hard time believing the power play will automatically be better yeah, that is definitely going to be a personnel uh, oriented thing. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, another loss with a, a comeback. There's some pros, there's some cons to that. And uh, now we're stuck with five games left in the season. And, and the Flyers have a lot to consider. And we will get to uh, what those questions are and what the answers could be coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is it makes hiring in one place so easy. They're with you every step of the way in the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. And now with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that meet your criteria. Visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Russ. So we've got five games left of this season. Can you believe no, it? this is where we are? Although I can't say it's flown by. That would be a complete lie, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's been like a mixed yeah. bag for me. Like sometimes it feels like it's flown by and some, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, man, like, you know, this is taking a while to get through. Well, there's another season like after this season that we're not going to be covering as much. Yes, that is true. But we will cover it because, you know, we are a hockey podcast, in fact. Uh, so with these five games, obviously, based on what the Flyers have been doing, they're trying to suss out a couple of prospects and see what they can do at the NHL level. Like we just got the Ronnie Adderd call up. Um, we've been supposing that Bobby Brink will get that last call-up spot, which we should find out in the next couple of days what they're going to do with that, um, especially because these weekend games are so important for the Phantoms. I hate to think that they would take Brink away for those, and then there's just like the couple games uh, weekday next week, but... Um, you know, what else can the Flyers be doing with these five remaining games? Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure they're doing the right thing at all with these five games because, as an example, so Ronnie Adder comes up. He's not even going to be dealing with John Tortorella in the game situation. Like, think about that. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Again, I, 
I'll, I'll be a little negative here, and I think that what John's trying to do is show that his other coaches are good by letting them coach, and this way they won't fire any of them. But I will tell you right now, they need a change on that power play. So one of them has to go. Like, it's just the way it is. Um, but then, in the end, though, I don't think it's fair to, to Ronnie Adder. He comes up and now, you know, he's got a different guy at, at coach. Um, why aren't other teams doing it? We don't see any other team doing it. Well, that goes both ways, in my opinion. I think just because no other team does something doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it either. I think that it's an innovative way to, to Torts' credit, I think it is an innovative way to give assistant coaches a shot at running the bench at the NHL level as far as their development for a game, goes. For now, a game I, I, like, this doesn't even make sense. It's on the right, road. And, it doesn't even, again, I think it it's a good thing in some ways. I think your point about Ronnie Adderd is an excellent one in terms of, I think in order to properly evaluate him, you know, he needs to know how he's going to be on the bench. And, and that makes sense to me, but I don't think this is necessarily a negative thing to do. Well, I mean, again, I'll just go back to, if you want to do it for a game or two in the corporate world, it's called train the trainer. Fine. I get it. To do it for this many games doesn't make, just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And again, when you talk to the guys after, it now brings up a whole new horde of questions for the guys, and they have to now answer questions about these coaches because what's it like? What's different? What's this? What's that? And it's like it's all unnecessary if you ask me. That's all. You know, it's interesting in terms of doing them all at the end of the season in like a lame duck way right where the the flyers aren't in it so you know what does it matter but to me you know maybe it makes more sense to give them a game here and there throughout the course of the season where the stakes may be a little bit higher and that way it's not more games in a row i'll give you that Mm -hmm. yeah you know maybe it's something they try again next year but you know sprinkle it throughout the season so it's maybe you know, less impactful in terms of, you know, trying to evaluate players, like you were saying. So, yeah, I think there's something to it. And uh, there are pros and cons. That is for sure. I think the list of cons is is larger. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the middle here. And I think that, you know, it may these last few games may give a, a couple of guys a chance to hit a, some milestones. Uh, TK is approaching 60 points. Uh, as of recording this, Morgan Frost is sitting at 18 goals. You know, does he hit 20? And does that mean anything? Uh, I mean, it means something. 20 is always a, a nice goal to reach. Uh, I will tell you one of the positives of having Rocky Thompson as coach. Now somebody could ask him, why has the power play been so bad all year? And he'll have to answer to it. Because generally, assistant coaches don't get asked those things during the year, so that's a positive, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, we might get some yeah, it absolutely is. It is, uh, but no, it's good to reach milestones. I think uh, if we'd have said to people, Morgan Frost will score twenty goals this year, there were a lot of skeptics. I wouldn't have been one of them. You wouldn't have been one of them. But the fact that he's there is good. Again, he still gets the least amount of press of all of of their younger players, but lately people have picked up on it a little bit and saying and giving him the credit that he deserves. So it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, I I think so too. And, you know, we've done this uh, in the past, but it's been a little while. And so it's good to talk about maybe, you know, a few of the guys who are UFA RFAs and if 
they should or could be doing anything that would earn them you know, contracts or, or RFA offers this off season, or do we already know the answer uh, to this? And, you know, one of them is Brendan Lemieux, who we didn't talk about last time, obviously, because he wasn't around then. It was uh, prior to the trade deadline. Uh, but it feels to me like Brendan Lemieux is playing for a contract not here, per se. I don't know. People in the press box think he's like a, a lock now. And I think that's a terrible idea because, again, you could look at his best years and you're talking about a 20-point guy. So maybe Torts plays him more than most like he is right now and he gets 25 out of them. So then what's the downside? The downside could be way worse than that as far as penalty minutes and everything else, especially in a full season. Yeah. I just don't see the upside. I don't care if he comes in at 800000 that's everybody's answer lately. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's only 800000 Who cares? But, you know, if you add up 800 for this guy and 800 for that guy and 800 for that guy, all of a sudden there's spots that are being taken up that younger players could be playing that maybe have more offensive upside and maybe have more future upside. There's no future upside with Brendan Lemieux. No, and we're already paying, you know, the guys on those ELCs, right. like 775 800 It's the same cost. No, but so, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's know. like, there are people that are like, well, you know, he's cheap and he's a veteran, you know, it's like, and I, I, I get tired of hearing that. Yeah. I think I'm kind of over that. Um, if they did it, would be, would it be the worst thing in the world? No. Should they also know that's right. kind of where, where I'm sitting with it. Um, I think, you know, secondarily Kiefer Bellows, it definitely feels like the team has washed their hands yeah. of him and they'll let him, go. they'll let him go at this point. Maybe he gets one more chance because he's a former first rounder. He, he hasn't been able to show it. That's too bad. It's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, the question with Justin Braun comes like, do you think he retires now? I mean, I think there's a chance, but it's like anything else, Rachel. Why would I say I'm going to retire? I'm going to roll through July and hope I can get a fish on, you know, get someone on the line. And if they want to pay me, I'm going to keep playing. So I think that's the game he'll play. I don't think the Flyers should go anywhere near him. I know that John has treated him with a lot of respect, and that's fine. But I don't think there's anything more to gain from having him in the lineup. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I think this was kind of a bonus year yes. for him, um, and and it's time. Now, the, the one that's the most interesting to me is Felix Sandstrom, because he's a UFA. Um, he could conceivably walk. And I just wonder, like, what they would have to tell him in terms of playing time. And, you know, they can't guarantee that I'll have that backup spot. He would have to earn it. And I think there is other teams out there that he would have a more uh, likely guaranteed position as the backup. Yeah. If I'm his agent, I tell him to walk because it's obvious that Torts likes Urson better. I think he's played Sandstrom more lately just to kind of put him in the eval spot but before then he really wasn't going to play him very much and so i think sandstrom's best shot is away from the flyers and waiting to see what happens it right now this summer is not a great goalie market it's not and so no. that could be a help for a guy like him where some team says all right you know what we are going to take you on as the third goalie you know right now there's no guarantee the flyers want to do that so Maybe go to a situation where you do have more chance to play. There are definitely other teams in with worse goalie situations than the Flyers, so find that. 
I think so too. Uh, we've talked pretty extensively about Ollie Lixell, Jackson Cates, uh, and Max Willman. I, I think we know where that's going, yep. where Ollie Lixell gets a, an RFA offer, so does Jackson Cates, and Max Willman yep. walks. That is kind yeah. of where we've been at, but we'll we'll see how that those guys uh, play out for sure. Um, coming up next, we have some of your mailbag questions heading into the waning days of this season. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you have a then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Uh, yeah, again, I, I'm probably going to keep betting on um, Joel Embiid and, and maybe the fact that he'll be MVP. Look for that. Look for those odds. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. In bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Before we dig in to the mailbag, just a quick bit of side news. Uh, Carson Breer was officially removed from Mercyhurst Hockey. Um, as we know, he had an, an incident recently where he um, pushed a wheelchair down a set of stairs at a bar. Um, he had been suspended after that. They issued an apology, but Mercyhurst uh, made it official that he is no longer with the team, uh, along with uh, a couple of the guys that were there with him. So uh, really, like, horrible thing <laughs> that he did, and um, hopefully you know, the, the chair gets uh, replaced at cost. And yeah, I haven't heard about that yet. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the news about it said it was worth about $2,000. So, which is, yeah. you know, I think on the cheap side for wheelchairs. So I think so for custom wheelchairs. So, um, yeah, hopefully he learns a, a big lesson here and, uh, we can move on, but, um, yeah, real, real tough one there for him. Um, getting into our Flyers mailbag questions, Brandon is back with another interesting one. Uh, is there any chance at all that having Shaw and Thompson take a turn at being head coach is seen as an in-season audition for the possibility of a head coach position to take over for Torts, who could move up to GM, and then Danny Breer taking the president role? Just seems Danny might be better suited for the business side and the bridge between Flyers and Comcast, and Torts seems to have a lot of say in building the team anyway, so why not give him the job? Well, he's never been a GM. We could start there. I think the problem with this is, and I get what you're trying to do here, Brandon, because, you know, with Danny, I, I get what you're saying. But you're, now you're weakening three other spots to give Danny the spot you think he should have. And I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, you see, you know, some coaches go into uh, the, the GM side of things, uh, but they've been sort of planning that for a long time. Right. And there's really no indication that John Tortorella 
has wanted to do that before. I think he's a very particular coach and he wants particular kinds of guys on his team, but that's how he exerts his power. Like he, he wants to be the coach. He wants to be like, these are the kinds of guys that I want you make it happen. Like, could you imagine him negotiating with other GMs? (laughs) That's, that's the part of it that I think is, like the missing link here, but it's it's definitely a fascinating thought. Like it is. Um, I almost kind of want to see it. Maybe not with the Flyers, <laughs> but I would like to see him GM a team. Just you know, <laughs> to to see what that would be like. Uh, next question: Who has made the most progress on the Phantoms this season? I think it's Tyson Forster. Uh, I think away from the puck, and you know his scoring is up. He's assisting more. So I, I think Forrester has had the the best jump of anybody, but there's been a few, uh, but I'm going to give it to Forrester. Yeah, I, I would absolutely say that. I mean, you could say Cam York to some degree uh, mm-hmm. because he moved up and stayed up, and that's really the hallmark of, of good minor league mm-hmm. development. Uh, but I think as far as of, of who's still down there, it's definitely Tyson Forrester with Zamula making kind of a – a strong argument for himself yeah. um, also getting the call up in a different kind of situation, but uh, what he looks like now versus what he looked like at the beginning of the season, very different, very different players. Yeah. Speaking of Danny Briere, what do you think he could do now to earn him the job of permanent GM? I think he could sign some college free agents, which hasn't happened. I think he could um, come up with a list of, free agents that they want to target, whether they're going to be for penalty killing or other other reasons. I think he could decide, like you, we were just talking about, who to keep, who not to keep in, in contracts. I think he could decide who uh, they should try and move this offseason. Uh, there's a lot of things. So th- that's just the start of it. Yeah, I think as far as the college guys go, I really want to see what happens after this Frozen Four is over this weekend um, and how quickly they could maybe sign a Brodzinski kind of guy that we were talking about last week. Um, And if anything else comes out of it, like some of those college free agents, I just want to see how quick a turnaround they could they could do it. I think that'll be a huge indicator. And obviously, because of strategic reasons, I don't need to know the details, but I need to know, like from his mouth, like these are the priorities. You know, we have these yeah. lists of people we're targeting. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Just to make it clear that he knows what he's doing, right? That mm-hmm. and he has like a clear picture of what the Flyers need to do moving forward, and then just mm-hmm. leave like the formulas and the actual lists behind the scenes. That's fine. I, I get it. The next question is, what do you think of the national broadcast this season? And do you think the Flyers get even fewer national games next year too? Well, I mean, I think the national ones have done what they could to to highlight the good things. ESPN has certainly gotten a little more out of torts than they normally would. Other networks would because he worked there. But I think next year there's going to be even less unless they get Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. But really, Bedard, because he'd be the only one coming into the league. If they got Bedard, their games would rise dramatically. And if they don't, I think they'll go down. Yeah, they've had 13 the last couple of seasons. Uh, Before that, I think the high they had was 17 games. So I'm guessing they'd be around 11. And and. You know, I think now with TNT and ESPN, it's going to continue to go down unless they get a star. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think they'll be at about 11 games next yeah. season would be my yep. guess for, for national games. And uh, last question, uh, do you think the Flyers will have a different draft strategy this year compared to previous seasons? Well, I mean, it would be smart if they just went with best player for now because they're neat, they still have so much need. I think the last few years they've kind of like targeted certain needs and gone with that with certain picks. I don't think they should do that this year. I haven't heard anything to tell me that they won't, but I know in the past they've said they've gone gone best player available, and I've kind of looked at it and said, I don't think that's what you've done. Not with every pick, but with some picks. So as an example, like with this first rounder, don't worry about how quickly this first rounder could get to the NHL. That right. shouldn't be a worry. I know it was uh, – last couple of drafts this it shouldn't be a worry don't don't even think about it if it takes four or five years you have to worry about those other things being good in the organization but you need to shoot for a higher ceiling because otherwise you don't end up with any stars and you know right now sean couturier or travis connecty are your two biggest stars you know connecty's never going to get 75 points in this league so he's not really a star he's just a really good player and and we don't know what couturier will ever do again like we just don't know so that's it. Carter Hart's your biggest star. Like that's you. You got to do better than that. So if that means taking a little more risk, then take a little more risk. Yeah, I think people will appreciate you know swinging big. I think that you know if it's a, a big risk because of injury history, that's a no, right? Right. I think right. it's it's just a big risk in terms of talent, right? Somebody okay, that has a just development cycle, like you know this. He's this person starting out here, so you know they're going to go three years at college, maybe a year or two in the AHL. Like that's the thing, just right. know that. Yep, I think that's absolutely on target, and I think that you know Danny Breer saying something to the effect of reevaluating their draft strategy and taking a, a different look at it. Uh, would go a long way as well, it even would. if they end up in the same place. Right, know, but just is, to say it would be something. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow with a preview of the matchup against the Dallas Stars. Plus, we are going to take a few spins on the Tankathon lottery wheel and uh, dig into probabilities and possible picks and all of that. So that should be a lot of fun. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions you want us to answer, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, plus comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.